following our study from Acts, you may wonder if you missed something because we were in Acts chapter 10 last week and we're in Acts chapter 12 tonight. Uh, You haven't missed anything. Uh, I'm actually going to teach on the mission principles that we see in the church at Antioch. I'm going to teach that next week, and and the passages for that lesson come from Acts chapter 11 and Acts chapter 13. So we're going to jump ahead and do uh, chapter 12 tonight, and then then next week we'll drop back and 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 look at that. If you see the the outline, the series is uh, Church Blueprints. We're looking at those aspects, those characteristics of the first century church that are necessary to that are necessary for us to be able to translate the first century church into the 21st century. There's an article that I have in my files that uh, goes way back. Um, I don't, I don't need, I should have looked at the date. I mean, it goes back to the late seventies or maybe early eighties. I don't remember. Um, There was a man who for a time was the chaplain of the United States Senate. His name was Richard C. Halverson. Now, we've come a long way because, um, you know, now we have, we have prayers in, in Congress that, that uh, end with a men and a woman. But Richard Halverson was uh, a Presbyterian pastor of real substance. And the name of the article that he wrote uh, while he was in the U.S. Senate that I have saved all these years, uh, the title of the article is, Why Should God Visit Us? When we're not interested. And it's an article about the prayerlessness of the American evangelical church. He says there are five reasons uh, for why the church doesn't pray in this generation. Number one is simply unbelief. They see little practical value in the time spent in prayer. That comes from a lack of knowledge of God's Word and a lack, uh, a a poor grasp of theology. But unbelief, little practical value. Number two, indifference. Uh, He says we don't pray because we really don't care about other people's situations and circumstances. Number three, priorities. We don't see it as, uh, we don't see prayer as vital as a host of other things that show up in our daily uh, schedule. Number four, he said, we don't pray because it's hard work. We live in a world where we like immediate gratification. We like the easy path. We want things to be ready quickly. Uh, We're not disciplined typically to pursue things that don't just uh, pop out of the microwave in 35 seconds. But then he says, most of all, We don't pray because we have a misplaced hope. That is, we have put our focus on this life and not on the next life. There was a preacher of in in Scotland by the name of Duncan Campbell, and uh, he was a a a voice of a spiritual awakening that swept through the Hebrides Islands. in the 19th century, 18th and 19th century. One of the criticisms that came out about him was it was said of him as an insult that he was too heavenly-minded. And in answer to that charge, 
he stood in the pulpit of his church and he said, brothers and sisters, we have enough people looking after this world. Shouldn't there be at least one of us with heaven on his mind? In the 12th chapter of Acts, we're going to find our way into an episode, a series of episodes really, that I've called Increasing Harassment. Let's look at the first five verses. Um, what we're going to see is in order to, to bring the first century church into the 21st century, American Christians are going to have to recover our sense of dependency on God. I think Halverson was correct, even though he was almost a generation ago when he said it, we are powerless because we are prayerless. The early church lived in a world of Jewish opposition and Roman harassment. And they understood that they needed prayer. They needed to be in the presence of the king every single day. The first five verses of Acts chapter 12 tell us this story. About that time, King Herod violently attacked some who belonged to the church, and he executed James, John's brother, with the sword. When he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded to arrest Peter too during the festival of unleavened bread. And after the arrest, he put him in prison and assigned
Thank you. 
What do you believe? 